Joining us today on Pushing Through, it is the seventh pick in the 2015 NBA Draft and current guard for the Utah Jazz and a man living in the NBA bubble. It is, of course, Emmanuel Moutier. Mr. Moutier, how you doing today? I'm good. How are y'all? Good. <laughs> Yeah, We're not good, in the bubble. But... We're not in the bubble, Emmanuel. And, uh, you know, that's that's sort of the first question we have to get to. BJ and I, you know, we're probably smiling a little bit more than you. You know, you're you're obviously, right. you know, following the rules. You're you're in your hotel room right now. But just if you could give us one thought on uh, what, what's been going on for you in the bubble so far, because we've gotten a lot of people getting their coverage. But for Emmanuel Moutier, what's the bubble experience like? Oh, man, it's definitely an experience. Uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the craziest thing I probably would say, like being kind of told what you can't do, you can't get in the car, you can't leave, you know, you can't really pass, like you got lines you can't pass or mm-hmm. um, can't go to no restaurants really outside the, the bubble, I guess you can say. So I think that's probably the, the toughest experience. But as far as basketball part, like that's what we love doing. So when we get on the court, it's kind of feeling like you're away from everything, but as soon as you're done, you realize you're, you're still in the bubble. <laughs> you know, E-Man, uh, you know, you and I talk uh, quite often. And mm-hmm. and one of the things I want to touch with you is we will all remember, like, where we were at at 9-11. There are certain yeah. things that we will remember. Can you share with us that night in Oklahoma City, as yeah. you and I were discussing, as much as you can de- detail, because we'll all remember when the league stopped. And here we are now at a restart with you in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And I remember you and I having discussion after discussion that evening. Because I had just saw you in Detroit mm-hmm. yeah. uh, here before you went down there. Can you share with us what do you recall about that night where literally the league stopped? Yeah, it was, it was definitely different. But a lot of people they thought I tested positive too. So that's what makes my experience about it like very crazy, which I didn't test positive. But from what I can really remember, obviously woke up in the morning, it's a regular shoot around. You know, if you know anything about the NBA, regular shoot around, you go to the sh- you go shoot around before games in the morning, nine, 10 o'clock. And for me personally, that morning, I wasn't feeling too well. So I tell, you know, our training staff, like, I'm not feeling too good right now. Like I'm probably gonna pass on shoot around, see how I feel later, and to, uh, to see how I'm feeling for uh, before the game. So I say that, and then boom, 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 boom. I hear knocks on the door, right? <laughs> and they just coming in like, okay, we got to go get you tested. Uh, probably some, you probably have the coronavirus and stuff like that. And I was like, nah, I felt this before. I just you know, it's just a little cold, little flu-like symptoms, something like that. And they were like, nah, but we got to get you tested because Rudy had just gotten tested. Uh, he said he wasn't feeling too well the night before. And um, so I guess they just wanted to test everybody to see how they were feeling, if they were feeling, I guess, flu-like symptoms or a cough or something like that to just see. Because that's what they were telling us the coronavirus kind of feels like, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so Rudy went and got tested um, in the morning during shooter uh yeah, the night before, I'm sorry. Rudy went and got tested the night before, and his test came back, and he didn't test um, positive for, like, the flu or the um, a cold or something like that. So I went and got tested in the morning, and I tested positive for the 
flute, like the, I think it was the flute, yeah, a cough or whatever. That's what I tested positive for. So then, um, I guess because Rudy didn't, that test didn't come positive. It was like, okay, we got to test him for the virus now. <laughs> so they tested him for the virus and it came out positive. And, but me and Rudy was at the hotel. We didn't get to go to the game just because our sim, how we were feeling. So I wasn't in the arena when every, everybody that saw, you know, what was going on in OKC and everybody getting tested and stuff like that when they were there for like three hours. So, um, but I was still at the hotel. I was getting ready to watch the game. Uh, and then I just, I just see, you know, that guy in the suit run on the court and basically stop the world, basically. That's really what happened. So he came out there and he said, you know, the game's not going to happen. And they said Rudy tested positive. That's when I found out that Rudy was positive, just how everybody else found out that he was positive. Then people started finding out that I wasn't at the arena either. So they automatically assumed that, okay, Emmanuel has the, the virus too. But not knowing that my test came back positive for the cold and negative for the um, coronavirus. So it was probably around like 11 o'clock or close to midnight. So now everybody, they, I'm talking to some of my teammates, they still stuck at the, um, at the arena in OKC. And I just hear a whole bunch of knocking on my door. And I like I open the door and I see these doctors fully like like it was a movie type thing like they can't touch me or anything they got masks all over themselves and they're like okay we got to test you because they're testing everybody that's been around Rudy or been in the arena and stuff like that so they tested me and we had to wait in the morning for our results because at, at that time it was taking like seven hours or something and. Obviously, the results came back negative for me, but uh, Rudy was positive. And then, so I'm on FaceTime with some of my teammates, and Donovan, he's just around everybody. So I'm thinking, okay, everybody's probably negative. And then Donovan came out that he had it too. So everybody was just shocked. But we didn't know how to take it or what was really going on. This was new to all of us. And they we didn't know how serious it was or how um, crazy it would be. And also not thinking that, it was shut down, not only like the sports world, but also regular, you know, jobs and, you know, people that had nine to fives and stuff like that. So the experience definitely was insane. And I was going to ask, I mean, Emmanuel, I mean, you kind of had the, I wouldn't say the, the, the best, the best of the bad situation, I would say, right? Like you're in the hotel, so you don't have to stay in, in the Thunders arena and get the full testing experience. You get the sympathy of people thinking that, you know, you did, like, everyone's like, I'm like, what's going on with Emmanuel, even though you're, you're feeling okay at the time. But just from that vantage point, I mean, did you, did it really just, did you, were you able to talk to anyone? Like when you first realized you see the guy run on the court, did you talk to Rudy? Did you talk to anyone on the team? Or were you just kind of sitting there by yourself saying, wow, this is kind of crazy. What's going on right now? Um, First off, I was responding to everybody that was basically hitting me up first yeah, to yeah, try to figure you. out what was going on. <laughs> and basically like, you know, my mom called me, my, my, yep. my brothers, like, you know, what's going on and, I'm trying to tell people, okay, I'm fine. Like, I'm feeling real good. There's nothing, like, other than me just coughing and having a regular cold, but I was feeling fine. And then, obviously, when the game was supposed to be going on and Rudy tested positive, I called Rudy. I was, like, checking up on him because yeah. everybody was making a big deal. I mean, not trying to make a joke out of it, but I, people thought we were, like, dying. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just how serious the, the virus is. So, like, they were just calling, like, you know, 
hope any pain y'all going through or whatever. So I called Rudy to make sure he was all right. He said he wasn't really feeling no symptoms and he was feeling fine. So after I heard from Rudy, I wasn't too worried about it, but I didn't know what was going to happen leading forward. Yeah. So I was just making sure Rudy was cool. Um, and yeah, that's really what all was going on. Just making sure everybody, for me, it was more so like, I don't have it. Like I don't, I'm tired of people hitting me up saying, BJ, I even talked to you like, right, I'm fine. Right. I, I'm good. But, and as far as the, the game situation, I didn't think that it would be that serious to where they stopped the game. I thought that the game was just going to keep going on. And since Rudy wasn't in the building or I wasn't in the building that they, everything was just going to be fine. But I didn't know that at that time they were saying, if you're around it or you you've been exposed to it, then it's this serious. So that's kind of what just was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the thing I remember most was your concern with everyone else. You, <laughs> like you just said, you, I remember you were thinking about Rudy. I remember yeah. you were thinking about your teammates. And I just remember you were always concerned about everyone else in that time. And I'll never forget that because you, that's just kind of who you are. You're like, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm good. And then you were yeah. checking on other people. And like you said, back then we didn't know, but I, I just remember, especially with, with in that situation, and I'll never forget it. Cause I'll remember exactly what I was doing. I was talking to Emmanuel Moutier during that yeah. time as we were finding out via Twitter or via social no. media, television, because none of us knew at that time. Mm-hmm. And then once the league stopped, and then, you know, now we have this restart, right? And we want to get to that restart. But, email, what was that like for you and all of, you know, other players I'm sure you were talking to? What was that sure. stoppage like? And, like, kind of what were you doing to stay in shape? Because it was kind of different for everybody. Yeah. No one really knew when it was going to stop, when it was going to start what was going to happen. So how was that process of just really kind of working out really literally you were in limbo at that time? Yeah. Um, well, me personally, I, I got lucky uh, because I had access to my old high school uh, gym wise. So um, as soon as honestly, like I said, I didn't, you don't know how serious it is. So obviously I wasn't thinking too much of it. I was thinking like, okay, you got to stay quarantined. 14 days that's all we knew like stay quarantined 14 days and i guess you can go back to regular living or a regular life um so as soon as that happened obviously i was in i went to dallas uh that's where i was in, that's where home you went to dallas, if i remember you went to dallas straight from okc right yeah yes, i yes. Uh, i talked to my coach uh quinn snyder i said you know i don't want to quarantine by myself in utah right now i'd rather be around my family uh in dallas so he let me just go ahead and I rented a car because they didn't want us to fly uh, commercial. So I just rented a car and I was in Oklahoma. That's like a three hour drive, two and a half hour drive. I drove back to, to Dallas thinking 14 days and then we come back, you know, season start or that's just how everybody was thinking. Yep. And it got to the point where they were starting to shut gyms down as well. So now it's like, we was like, man, how do we stay in shape? And the NBA wasn't letting us know okay, the season is over, or they wasn't, like, you just didn't know what was going to happen. So, obviously, you just didn't want to get all the way out of shape, start eating what you want to. You know, you've played, you know, right, right, you just, right, like, right. in your head, you're like, man, I really don't know what's going on. So, I, I'm not going to lie, like, three days, four or five days, I'll eat healthy. Two days, I'll eat what I want. So, it's like, <laughs> I'm toying with it a little bit. 
just because I'm like, we who knows what's going to happen. But it got to a point where the team was, we was doing like FaceTime workouts, like just because to stay in shape, you know, when you're working out, you just kind of need a extra motivation type thing to get yourself to work out. So we'll do that. But everybody was just concerned on now if we come back, because there was a little bit of whispered talks talking about us coming back. Now you you start thinking about your families. You start thinking like, if I go back, can it affect like my kid? Like people have their head. They have kids. They have wives. Um, you know, mothers, whatever, grandparents. Uh, you just didn't want. You wanted to find out as much information as you could uh, before the season started to make that decision to come back. So uh, it's kind of it was bigger than than basketball at that point. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys that, I mean, it was a decision that he talked about early on was Joe Ingles, right? I mean, he comes out and says that, and everyone knows Joe's whole story, and he's obviously a pivotal part of your team. But I do want to ask about the FaceTimes, because I saw some teams saying that the, the FaceTime meetings actually brought them closer as a team, and now that mm-hmm. they're down in the bubble, you know, the guys are hanging out with each other more than they ever have, and that they're talking about team camaraderie. Do, do you see that, just not even necessarily with the Jazz, but just with other teams or other players? Do you see, like, it's almost like a bonding experience like a camp experience for everyone involved because you guys are uh, all yeah, nba I mean, players it's, it's definitely forcing you know how you always use the nba as a family now it's like it's forced upon <laughs> us to like, really, <laughs> like be a family and as much people don't understand we see each other more than we see our own family sometimes so the fact that now we're really i guess stuck in a way you can say is yeah you're gonna be trying to figure out you know a little deeper bond with your teammates or even another person on another team. Like you just build relationships, which um, BJ, you just mentioned like nine 11, how you would never forget. Like, I think this would be an experience for us players. Like we never going to fans probably might forget like 20 years from now or like, you know, right. this, this was going on. But for us, uh, it's definitely an experience that we, we probably won't forget because we see, we seeing each other, like, I don't know if y'all know, well, you know, BJ, but like about the summer league, like we use yeah. that as like, we, we see each other almost every day. We stay in the same hotel, et cetera. So like here it's like, you really have no choice but to see each other. So <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, I guess that's kind of the, the funny part, but I think, yeah, it, it is bringing some of us uh, closer together. Uh, you don't want to just stay in your room every like single day, basically. So yeah. You know, yeah. you man, it, it's there has to be some apprehension, you know. Oh, it's just human, you know, that's just the human emotion of apprehension of going down there. And now that you are there, and you know, we were talking the whole time, and you got there, you now you're in the bubble, and then the NBA just announced, I think it was today, that no one has tested positive. Yeah. Yeah. Down that's in the bubble. How impressed have you been now that you are there with the detail? And how they have really kind of, I mean, this has been a, a huge task, right? Yeah. And it, it seems amazing. I'm reading it. You're living it. How impressed have you been now that you're there inside of the bubble? And what could you share with the audience from that perspective? Yeah, I was just talking to one of my teammates about, like, the fact that they, so we're practicing. Obviously, they have, I think, I don't know how many gyms are in here, but in the bubble, I guess you can say, but. The fact that they changed ballrooms, I mean, I've been to hotels, ballrooms are practice courts. So, like, when you sit back and, like, take a moment and realize, like, 
how fast it's happened and the fact that they've made this happen is pretty very, very impressive. So it makes you appreciate, you know, how the NBA moves. And as crazy as it sounds, I was talking to somebody about this um, a couple of days ago. This might be like the safest place probably in the country right now. Like, cause we're getting tested every day. Um, you know, a lot of people want to get tested, seeing how they're feeling. So we're getting tested every day. Um, they're not letting nobody in and, you know, we can't go out. So we're really not exposing it and we're not really exposed to it as well. So the fact that you can kind of walk around here with a comfort level knowing, okay, nobody has the virus instead of you going to the store and you're like, okay, I don't know who this individual is. I might, you know, come in contact with this person or something like that. And that person has the COVID. Um, I think it's pretty impressive to see how, I'm one, to see how fast they've made it happen uh, with everything that's going on. And two, like you said, nobody's tested positive. So it's it's really very, very impressive to see that. And it's not just like people think it's players here. It's not just players. You got, you know, NBA people that work in the NBA office. You got um, people that live in Orlando that work in the hotels. And it's beyond just the players. And I want to flip it the other way. I mean, obviously, it was impressive that the NBA was able to put this on. Like you just said, you mapped that whole thing out beautifully, Emmanuel. But I want to also say that it's impressive that the players and you and your teammates and all the rest of the guys in the league have the self-discipline to follow through with this. I mean, it, it does yeah. like it does put an onus on you guys to <laughs> to deliver. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of pressure. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for you, but I, I'm saying I'm impressed with all the players being unified and together and obviously caring about the betterment of each other because that's a big part of this, obviously. Yeah. I mean I think it's a bigger goal at at stake for sure. And for so I feel like probably when, the more we talk about like, oh man, we can't do this, we can't do that feel like you're just letting that anger out, really. But at the end of the day, you're going to go back to your room and be like, all right, the next day's coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like you, you're dealing with it. But yep. uh, like you said, the discipline, it is impressive because some of us were like, man, who's going to be the first one to break the rules? You know, so, <laughs> like, we were, we were thinking like that. But this, for me, uh, speaking personally, like, to me, it's just like, okay, now, you know, once you get in a routine or something, it becomes just like second nature. So we've been here probably almost two and a half weeks now. So I kind of got my own little routine on, okay, this is how I'm going to do it and just following it. Yeah. You know, most of, most of you guys have known, when I say most of the players, you know each other through various, whether mm -hmm. you grew up playing against each other, AAU or some in college. What is it like? Because I've, I've never experienced this. What is it like now as a professional that you're actually in the same place with all of the other players. <laughs> like, what is that like? I mean, is it, is it like weird? Is it like kind of you're getting used to it? What is that like to see all of the other guys just kind of, you know, just walking around the hotel just like you are or or, or on the grounds? Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's definitely uh, different. I mean, the reason why I say that is because, um, I mean, some of the players that we're seeing every day, uh, you wouldn't see every day, basically. Is what I'm <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see. Uh, but it does. It, the funny thing is about that. That's going on. It's like we're all in a way equal right now. If that makes sense, like mm -hmm. we're all going to be eating the same food. We're all going to be, you know, playing basketball and staying in the same hotel. So uh, 
I think that's probably the most like thing that like me, <laughs> me and one of my teammates were walking uh, down like, um, I guess they got like this little pond or whatever. We was walking and <laughs> he just mentioned something that I just made me laugh. He was like, it's crazy how you just seen millionaires, millionaires just walking around and they can't do nothing with their money right now. <laughs> so, like, so I think that's kind of what was pretty funny about it. Uh, just the fact that, yeah, you got a lot of people out here that's that's pretty blessed, but at the same time, we all are getting to know each other in a different light, I guess. Yeah. And, and Emmanuel, does does it change maybe the basketball? Conf- I mean, basketball and BJ and you guys can. I mean, you guys can say it, it's a confidence sport at some level. Like, there's a confidence that that plays into it. And a lot mm-hmm. of times we see in the playoffs, you go on the road. Certain guys may not be as good as they are at home, but now mm-hmm. everyone's playing on the same court. It's sort of an even playing field. Like you said, everyone is eating the same food. Like mm-hmm. the, the hierarchy is not there. Do you think there's a chance that we could see some guys, you know, that confidence builds, right? You know, I'm eating the same food as you. I'm walking around the same pond as you. And I can yeah. also rip that ball away from you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it, I, I guess that's a mental thing with the individual. I guess that's a – you're right. Like, it can get somebody to lock in probably more mentally in the fact that, okay, like, yeah, we're, the, we're equals right now. Mm-hmm. But – Thing when you get to the court, that's probably a, your competitive nature will come back. And um, like I said, once basketball, when we like even in practice, when we're practicing, it's like we haven't lost that. Um, you know what the other person can do. You know what you can do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, all right, like I know Joe, he can make five five threes in a row. Like that's never gonna like leave. So your competitive nature always comes back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, he man, this is a great transition. Now we're talking about off the court. Appreciate you. But let's talk yeah. about a little bit on the court. All right. All right. I, 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 I want to ask you, and I've been waiting to ask you this question. Now that you've had, what, three weeks or so, two and a half weeks, three weeks. Right. I think the game start. Do the game start this week, right? You play some exhibition games. Scrimmages. Yeah, we got like scrimmages. Yeah. And, you know, you've been in the league, so you know the league, playoff, basketball, so forth. What do you think the game is going to resemble when it comes back? Because this is a restart. Like, how do you think the game is going to look? Because we had Coach Tom Thibodeau on. We've had some NBA people on. And we are all trying to guess what the game is going to look like. You're down there. What do you think the game is going to look like now that you have been playing? You can see, you know, it's it's, it's like time is of the essence. Everyone is kind of condensing the preseason, postseason, everything into this three weeks, and all of a sudden they're going to throw you out there and be ready to play. What is the game going to look like in your in your best estimation? See, okay, now that's – I mean, that's a good question because we know what our individual teams came back looking like. So, you know, like, okay, you know who's in shape on our team. You know who's not in shape. But, like, we haven't got a chance to see the other teams. So, you don't know who – during quarantine gained 15 20 pounds like or came back lost 15 20 pounds like i seen you know i seen pictures of Melo and he looked he looks great like mm-hmm. like it's been two and a half months probably since we haven't played so it's kind of like okay who's gonna be that person to probably reach a, a level where like you kind of gonna see who's been working in a sense but at the same time like um on the court like you said it's we're kind of like in a in a sense feeling how you're feeling just like exciting to see 
excited to see, all right, did this person kind of lose it or, you know, did this person – we had three months off. So I think some teams are going to come back a little rusty just because um, it's – you know, once you've been off for basketball for that long, especially as a team, it's going to look different. And on top of that, we've been practicing for what, almost three weeks. But when you're going to go in, go in against another team, it might be, it might look totally different. So <laughs> I think that's probably the most interesting part. Uh, just seeing who's been, I guess, staying in shape and how the teams are going to gel back together when they get back together. One thing I will say, like, is anybody's, I, it's kind of anybody's ball game now, though, because mm. if, if you have momentum going on, if you, let's say you won five, six straight games, that you you can't kind of use that momentum going forward. Like you can't use three stuff that happened three months ago and bring it to today. Like for us, we had a big loss in Boyan. Uh, you know, yep. Boyan he's out for the rest of the season, but that that hurts us. But at the same time, other people got to step up and be be ready to go. So, I mean, that's 20 points just out the window. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. right. Point score. So, I think some teams might look different and some teams might look better. I know um, Portland now, they have everybody back. You know, Nurkic is back. Zach Collins is back. Like, just pieces that they kind of were missing that we knew. Now they they have full full health. So, we should see how that that, that works out. You know, I just want to follow up real quick, Eman, with they call it a restart. But in in your now that you're there, does this feel like a, a a really a new season, or does it feel like a restart? Um, I I think it feels probably like a new season because the environment that we're in. Um, mm. So that probably is the only reason it can feel like a new season. But like I said, when you get back on the court and you're playing. It's funny because I thought I was gonna forget a lot of plays, but as soon as we start, <laughs> as soon as we started, it was like second nature. It's like oh, I remember this from three months. Like it, it didn't really leave. You thinking it left, but it really, it still was all there. So I think everybody's just like picking up faster and faster. So uh, yes and no, it feels like a new season, but at the same time, I still know. For example. Um, what Mike likes to do as far as like where he likes to get his shots or where he likes to, um, uh, you know, he loves his floater or something like that. Put him in a position to score the basketball or, you know, Donovan, I like certain things he likes. So uh, I don't think you forgot more so the individual. I think it's more so about just clicking and doing what, what was working for you at that time. Yeah. Well, Ebert, I, I wanted to touch here. Now that you're, you're, you're back, you guys are there. If we, you know, the last question, you know, what is it? What does it really feel like now that you're there? Can you tell us about your team? Like, how are you guys coming together? How are you feeling about it? And I know you're excited to play, but how are you feeling about your team and how you guys are looking thus far? Yeah, um, like I said, our team, I think we're looking great. Uh, obviously, with the minus the fact that, you know, we lost Boyan, but I think we we've been practicing pretty well it's been very competitive um i think we're really we're really excited for the opportunity uh, more so because you know you just never know what can happen especially in this this situation there's no home court advantage there's no none of that so it's kind of it's going to be cool to see just how it plays out in in a sense we can't we kind of been taught it feels like we're aau players again kind of <laughs> really <laughs> yeah really like, 
you know, we're seeing each other all the time and um, we're kind of each other's families right now, as you can say. So I think we kind some of us got that like kid feeling, uh, you know, just go out there, have fun and what, whatever happens, happens. Mm. Well, E-Man, all I can tell you is, hey, I appreciate you coming on. This has been great. And I, I got to share this one story with you. So the other day, a good friend of mine, you're going to know this. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Yeah. And he came on. Um, we asked him to speak to our, to the, you know, the draftees this year, potential draftees who are going to be in the draft. And he starts sharing his story. He goes on and he said, the turning point in his career, he had a, like a 17 year career. He said the turning point in his career is he had a veteran point guard yeah. who became a mentor to him. His name was Terrell Brandon. I'm not sure if you know who Terrell Brandon yeah. is. I'm so he, yeah. And even I swear, I thought he was tell he was sharing his, your career. I thought it was your career that he was talking about. And that player was Chauncey Billups. And the way you talk about uh, uh, Mike Conley, yeah, I thought it was the exact same story. And I and I kept thinking about the games, and I was like, your story and Chauncey Billups' story reminded me of the same exact <laughs> story. It was like he was it was like he was sharing your life. So I'm just letting you know. Man, shout, shout out to that. He he helped me a lot during my 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 little short five year career, and that speaks to to him as a person. But also, shout out to Mike Conley too. Like he's yes. he, yep. he's my who who was his but That's kind of yeah, that's who Mike is to me. So me and Mike probably, we have a pretty good relationship, and he he knows how much I appreciate him. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, my friend. Appreciate it. Do your thing down there. Thanks for coming down. Uh, hope you're eating well. Yeah. And uh, I know you're laughing. Keep that smile on your face. And uh, hey, good luck. And uh, we'll be checking again with you later, later in the uh, in the process. And uh, do your thing down there, my friend. I appreciate y'all. Okay. All Thanks, right, man. Good.